Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi there! Welcome to History in Retrograde. This is the podcast where we use the ancient art of astrology to help us better understand the past. I'm your co-host Chandler O'Quinn, and joining me live via satellite is my mom. Hi, mom. Hi, Chandler. How are you? Good. Are you ready to begin another grand experiment? Yes, I am very much ready to begin another experiment. All right, let's give it a whirl. Great, but I also want to say thank you to all the listeners because they're growing in numbers and it's very exciting to know that people are interested in our podcast and this wonderful uh, combination of history and astrology. So I just want them all to know how much we appreciate them tuning in and listening. Yes, we truly do love all of our listeners all around the country and all around the world. Uh, it's truly remarkable to know that uh, our little uh, rinky-dink operation <laughs> is uh, being heard by people uh, all over the place and the people are enjoying it. Absolutely. We're very happy to have you. All right. So for those of uh, of you uh, new listeners, uh, the way that the show works is that uh, in a moment, I will give the astrological birth data of a random historical figure uh, to my mother. Uh, now, this historical figure is uh, known to you, the audience members, uh, because it is the title of today's ep episode. Uh, I, of course, know who our mystery history guest is because I selected them. Uh, but mom has no idea who this person might be. Uh, so I give her the data needed to create uh, an astrological birth chart. Uh, that is the birth date, time, and location uh, of this random historical figure. She then inputs that information into the bat computer, and out comes the astrological birth chart, where all of the planets, moons, and stars were at the moment that person was born. Uh, she will then do her best to uh, give us the personality traits, uh, character motivations, and fortunes of this person. Uh, I will ask a few discussion questions and then reveal to her who our mystery history guest is. I'll then give a little background about our person, and then we will discuss how accurate the chart was at predicting what that person did. So, without further ado, let us begin. All right. Uh, this is going to be a male. All right. 
born on the 22nd uh-huh. of October. Okay. 1811. Oops. Okay. Uh, and again, I was able to find a birth time for this one. Uh, I'm not exactly sure if it's accurate, but we're going to go along with it. Uh, it is 1 16 a.m. Okay. All right. And what country? Hungary. Hungry. Ooh. Hungry. All right. Okay, and where? Riding. R A I. Yep. Uh huh. All right. Okay. Wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, yes, all of these people that you choose were clearly destined for, you know, <laughs> recognition. <laughs> There's mm -hmm. a lot going on here. All right, let me just take a look real quick. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Uh, you don't see North Node in the first. I have not. In all the charts that we've done, I don't think seeing North Node in the first house. And, uh, okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, I am actually going to start this one with Mars. Okay. In Capricorn in the fifth house. So, what I'm looking at in this chart, like right off the bat, shows me that this person, uh, has potential to be like a very famous uh, actor. Okay. So I don't know if that's the case, but we'll start to go through and I'll give you what I can see. And then um, you let me know if I'm even close. Okay. Yeah. So having Mars in Capricorn in the fifth house, which is show business and children and leadership, it's all the Leo things, right? Everything that Leo mm -hmm. rolls is the fifth house. Well, this person has Mars and Capricorn there, which would tell me that this person, being a male, uh, could be very motivated and uh, uh, to be in show business and be very good at the business of it uh, mm. because it's a Capricorn, Mars and Capricorn, which would be well, I mean, the other side of that is they could be very manipulative in show business or in leadership. Um, I don't know why. I just feel like this person, because they have North Node in the first house, which means uh, their appearance, um, everything about their first impressions would be um, part of their journey, like their their direction, Right. So mm -hmm. I don't know, uh, because it is a symbol. So a appearance is part of their direction. That's what you're saying. Well, they do have North Node in the first house, and they have North Node in Virgo, which is in the house. This house is ruled by Leo, so this is another person with Leo rising, which would make them very, you know, gregarious or 
or you know lionish you, you again you should know when this person is in the room um uh-huh. you should i mean people with leo rising do not go unnoticed more so than people with aries or sagittarius people with leo rising burst into a room even if they mm-hmm. don't burst through the door you know they're there they will naturally do something to draw attention to themselves it's just Mm -hmm. it's their natural way it's how they are so um this person has leo rising but it's at 29 degrees so it's like leo virgo rising but they have the power to definitely burst into a room and and make their presence known and then having north node it is in Virgo, but it is in the first house. So oh, their direction has to do with Virgonian things, medicine, um, uh, healing mm-hmm. are some aspects of Virgo. But there's also the communication aspects of Virgo and the organization aspects of Virgo uh, because Virgo is ruled by Mercury. Different than Mercury ruling Gemini, which is an air sign. Virgo is an earth sign. So it could make them more, you know, physically, you know, more physical as opposed to more uh, airy, like communicative, more physical with their communications. Okay. Okay. So we'll go to, um, and that combined with this Mars in Capricorn in the fifth house, this person is, I would say this person's very smart. Uh-huh. I would say they're very smart, very quick, very quick. Like their brain works really quick. Uh, what is the Mercury in Libra? Libra is ruled by Venus, which makes this pretty. Libra, I always, whenever I think of Libra, I think of pretty. It's pretty. Uh-huh. It's very pretty. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> this person has their sun conjunct their Mercury in Libra, in the third house, and also Uranus and Scorpio is there. <laughs> so this person, um, third house is ruled by Gemini, which is communications. And this person has their sun and Mercury in the third house, which would make them, um, it would give them direction in, in communications, mm-hmm. but Venetian things, you know, and also, I mean, it could make them like on one hand, it could just make them a lawyer, you know, like, uh, 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 an attorney or in the legal system or something like that on that level of Libra, which is like hmm. the scales, you know, right. balance. But on the other hand, it, it, with this whole, you know, fifth house thing and this first house. It, I mean, they could be a very beautiful man, like uh-huh. very, very handsome actor, mm-hmm. very handsome actor. I would keep saying actor because look, they've got Jupiter and cancer in the 11th house. I mean, this if this person is not an actor, they seriously could have been. But a, a, a performer would be the same. Oh, yes, it, it, a performer. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it could be like a, a, a very handsome singer or a very okay. handsome uh, stand-up comedian. Whoever it is, I feel they're very handsome. Um, and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, 
second house has um, Mercury in the second house. See, because this person has Sun conjunct Venus. Sun, that Venus is in Scorpio. Uh, with Uranus and Scorpio. There is uh, also an essence of sexuality to this person uh -huh. uh, that is um, beautiful. Like this person would have, like some men like earthy women, some men like feisty women, some men like, you know, docile domesticated women this man would have really liked a very beautiful sexual woman mm -hmm. like one that maybe they could have on their arm because they want everybody to see her like this is mm -hmm. mine this is what i have you know what i mean and and very appreciative of that probably quite a ladies man but really uh-huh but this person might be fickle they might not stay with the same person all the time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they might be very fickle. And probably could be because I'm guessing they're very, very handsome. Uh-huh. And, uh, okay, so moving through this whole... See how this person has uh, all, all of their planets in this lower hemisphere? Mm -hmm. Okay, so that makes them more uh, materialistic, more of earthy things. This hemisphere makes people more uh, philosophical um ethereal you know what i mean like if people have a lot of planets up here they're more about uh, uh otherworldly things not necessarily the earthy you know like sex drugs rock and roll <laughs> whatever that's all down here uh -huh. <laughs> that's all this part so uh that's what's going on down here now fourth house this person has moon in the fourth house in sag so again moon in sag would be that their mother would have been more of a free spirit, more of an earthy, uh, independent kind of woman uh, with, uh, uh, you know, philosophies that might go against the grain of, of uh, everyday life. But this also would mean that this person is um, really, really, along with this sexual uh, woman, would want her to be... Uh, very kind of strong and, and feisty also. So this person definitely has women. There's women going on here. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> There's this person, this person, I'm going to go, I'm going to say this person likes women. Uh-huh. Like really appreciates females. <laughs> All right. And likes, uh, because this person also has Neptune in Sag, conjunct the moon, but not by, not by orb or degree, but, but, uh, Neptune in Sag might like this. They like, their house is unique. Their house is different. They, they either grew up in a house that was very creative or they feel comfortable with unusual things in their home. Uh, also could be that, um, what about the house and the home? Uh, very interesting because they also have Saturn there and Saturn is your, all these things, learning lessons from women, lessons being learned from women, hmm. liking maybe older women, could like older mm. women, uh, but definitely a, a kind of a myth. 
I don't know. This is a lot about women. This person <laughs> on, mo- on Monday, this one likes the sexy one. On Tuesday, this one likes the earthy one. On Wednesday, this one uh-huh. likes the older one. On um, you know Friday, this one's with the creative one. There's a lot of women in this per- in this person's house. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. Now this person also has this um, wounded healer Chiron in the sixth house, uh, which makes this person. Possibly having started out with uh, issues with Aquarian things, humanitarian things, maybe even issues with uh, authority figures uh, at work. Because Sixth House is ruled by Virgo, so that's work and medicine and uh, communication and things like that. So at first, this person would have had issues with that. Because people who are Aquarians don't do well with authority figures. They they feel that authority figures are not necessary, that they are already doing what they're supposed to do, and you don't need to tell them what to do. So hmm. this person could have had uh, some sort of issue with that, but then um, worked it out, or they should... Chiron is what you need to work out. So karmically in the past, or in at the beginning of their life, they could have had issues with that kind of thing. I don't know. There could be another aspect to this they could have started out in some place where i don't know well a dictator you know what i mean and then made it past that work was work it has to do with work and then and then they get they become the healer and or or they get healed and then they are more of a positive aspect in that this person has pluto in the seventh house which means they could have been a powerful partner uh, their Pluto is in Pisces, which is very interesting because it would be powerful creativity, powerful, mm-hmm. powerful, even supernatural abilities, um, death and rebirth with supernatural abilities, death and rebirth with, 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 um, creativity, but through the partner, through partnerships, uh, this person might've had issues with partnerships powerful partnerships that dissolve and then re i don't know and that's not just meaning romantic that's any sort of partnership it can be business partnerships and it can be romantic it can be family partnerships it's anything that is more more of a one-on-one partner seventh house is more one-on-one but it is not specifically romantic it's all kinds of partnerships it could be friendships Okay. Yeah. Then we get up here into the fit into the um, eighth, ninth, and tenth house, and this person um, has Midhaven and Taurus, which gives this person a very tenacious aspect to their career. Like this person is going to power through it. All right. Whatever happens, and I don't go into a lot of the squares and conjunctions and stuff like that because it would take too long. I basically just do an overall reading on charts, but I am very familiar with uh, having Taurus on the Midhaven, and that gives this person um, uh, a stamina that a lot of people don't have. People who have Leo rising automatically have the stamina that uh, other people don't necessarily have. It gets them through a lot. This person and. and- why, why are you familiar with that? <laughs> because I have it. <laughs> uh-huh. So I'm very familiar. <laughs> I am very familiar with Leah Rising and Taurus on the Midhaven. So 
Uh, it does give you a lot of strength to persevere through many, many, many things. Uh, mm-hmm. I have used it a lot in my life because my life has had many, many things that I needed to persevere through. So, okay, let's go to the Jupiter in the 11th house. Okay, now this Jupiter at 60 degrees Cancer in the 11th house would give this person, if this person is a performer, this person has a natural, whatever they're doing nurtures the people. Mm-hmm. Like the people really are nurtured by this. Like this, let's say this person was a singer. Um, their ability would mesmerize people, nurturing them, making them feel really good. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So these are all of the aspects that I'm finding in this. Um, do you have any questions? Uh, yeah. So how would this person feel about attention? Well, all Leo rising people love attention. You, you can't be Leo rising and not love attention. Now, the at, one aspect of this is that this person has their Leo rising at 29 degrees and it is lower or, I mean, I don't think it's factual, but I think it's more that any 29 degree is a degree of sorrow. So it is possible that this person with Leo rising at 29 degrees, which puts them right on, on the cusp of Virgo and Leo, they could be uh, less accepting than someone who has Leo rising right in the middle. Where they're like, uh-huh. why, yes, that is me. <laughs> I am that person. Why, here, would you like my autograph? You know, so Leo rising people, Leo rising people love love. They love to be loved. So, but that Virgo aspect could make them a little bit less. But I have a feeling this person was familiar with adoration. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you get anything from uh, what role a travel would play in their life? Well, they have ninth house cusp is uh, Aries. So they have Aries on the ninth house. Um, I think that it's very possible that having Aries on the ninth house, because your ninth house is your house of travel. It's ruled by Sagittarius. And, and philosophy, they could be an avid traveler. They don't really have anything in that house. But usually if you have Aries somewhere, that's going to be very motivational. But they don't really have anything there. So it could go either way. They could be. Okay. Yeah. Uh, can you get anything about what role religion would play in their life? Again, that's also ninth house. And they do have Aries on that house. So depending on. I mean, Aries is a natural leader as well. It's just a little bit different. Aries, if you're, if you, you know, all the fire signs have their own, their own thing. That's, there's a, there's a reason why the song fire exists. It's because of fire signs. I think they have their own ways, uh, and they are intense. All right. Fire signs are very intense and they're intense power. Um, each of them, whether it's Aries, Leo, or Sagittarius, they're very powerful signs and they're powerful. I'm not even going to go into it that far, but basically uh, this person could have, uh, have a very distinct, uh, religious 
uh, philosophy because they have Aries mm-hmm. on the ninth house. But again, they don't have anything in there. Hmm. Uh, is there uh, anything else uh, that you haven't mentioned already the, uh, as you've uh, as you continue looking at the chart that stands out to you? Well, this person was born in Hungary in 1811. <laughs> so this is very. Uh, interesting. I mean, I would say <laughs> I would not want to be alone in a room with this man because I would be very afraid, uh, not fearful, <laughs> because this man probably was very, uh, very cordial to the ladies. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. I would be a little afraid that uh, I might be. Uh, at the mercy of this person and, mm-hmm. and literally, you know, just become very enamored with them. So yeah. I would, in, in, in a seduction sort of way. Yes. I would be like, I need to find the door. I have to get uh-huh. away right now because I don't know if I can be in the room with this person. Not, not in any forceful sort of way. No, just, no, like, just in, in a way that this person has a natural ability with women. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And and, and uh, I will let you know uh, that there is an added reason why uh, you would not want to uh, do that. Uh, and that's because uh, we are related uh, to this person. Oh, no! <laughs> We're related to this person. Yeah. Yes, we are. I would have to go away. This is a cousin? Yep. Oh, my. Yes, it is. Oh, my goodness. This is one of our cousins. Okay, I have no idea. But mm-hmm. am, am I even close on this? Am I, am I? Oh, you're very, very close. Okay, okay. Yeah, this is, uh, I, I think everything has pretty much uh, uh, come out here. Uh, yes. Uh, so, uh, our, let, let's uh, summarize uh, what uh, we have uh, found here uh, from the chart. Uh, so... Uh, this person, uh, you originally said, uh, could be a very famous actor. Uh, I kind of massaged it to be a performer. I think performer is a, it, it fits who this person was. He wasn't really an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, very motivated to be in show business. Mm-hmm. Uh, appearance is part of their direction. Uh, very gregarious, uh, gre- gregarious, mm-hmm. excuse me. Uh, does not go unnoticed, uh, bursts into a room, whether he likes it or not, he's going to get attention from people. He's more physical with his communication. Uh, he's very quick and very smart. Direction in communication. A very beautiful performer. An essence of sexuality. Wanted very beautiful women to show off to other people. A ladies' man. Uh, but could be very fickle with the ladies. Uh, most of his planets are in the realm of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Uh, his mother uh, was a very independent woman. Wanted strong, feisty women. Grew up in a creative house. Uh, creative, unique things are in his home. Uh, lessons about and from women. Issues with authority figures, lessons to be learned through authority. Powerful supernatural creativity through partnerships. Tenacious about career. Perseverance has 
some shared characteristics with you. Performance nurtures the people, mesmerizes people, and he loves attention. Are you ready to find out? Yes, I'm ready. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You are looking at the astrological birth chart of Franz Liszt. He's actually supposed to be our uncle. He's our fourth great uncle. Uh, so yes, uh, and he was a rock star. Uh-huh. Oh my goodness, he was known as a rock star and a ladies' man. He was something else. He was truly in his own uh, unique area. But yeah, fourth great uncle. Uh, uh-uh, uh, I gotta get out of that room. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, Franz Liszt was uh, born on the 22nd of October, 1811, in Rating, Hungary. Uh, he was the son of Anna and Adam Liszt. Adam uh, was an amateur musician. Uh, he was uh, known uh, to people like Beethoven, uh, but made his living as an accountant. At the age of six, uh, Franz uh, exhibited extraordinary talent for music. Uh, He began uh, replicating what his father was doing on the piano, uh, and he was playing and listening attentively uh, not only to what his father's uh, more uh, traditional music, more uh, contemporary music was, but he was also uh, enamored with the music of the traveling Romani people in Hungary. Uh, By the age of eight, he started 
composing his own works. Uh, at the age of nine, his father uh, uh, took him to Vienna, and he began training uh, with one of Beethoven's pupils, uh, Karl uh, Sersny, uh, and he also trained with Antonio Solieri. Uh, somewhere uh, during this early part of his uh, childhood, uh, Sersny uh, arranged a meeting for Franz Liszt uh, to play for Ludwig van Beethoven. Uh, this is a story that uh, there is the accurate version, and then there's the version that uh, everyone uh, uh, kind of embellished upon. The accurate version is a little less uh, romantic. Uh, by this point, it was past 1822. Beethoven was completely deaf. Uh, so Franz Liszt played for Beethoven, and Beethoven was couldn't hear anything and was rather uh, uh, nonplussed by this uh, uh, young child uh, playing for him. The story that would later go on is that Beethoven was completely enamored by this young virtuoso and Beethoven leapt from his seat with tears in his eyes, went over and kissed Franz Liszt on the forehead. Uh, most people like that story a lot better. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, the father, Adam, and Franz Liszt uh, later moved to Paris and uh, wanted to train at one of the uh, preeminent academies in Paris. Uh, but uh, the academy had just been uh, closed to foreigners. They were only going to teach uh, French children from that point on. So uh, whatever tutelage Franz Liszt had happened between the ages of around 8 and 11. That was all the musical training he had, and he, so whatever heights he reached uh, uh, was, I mean, he certainly learned during that time, but it's remarkable what he was able to accomplish with limited education. Uh, so uh, the father took uh, uh, Franz Liszt around Europe, uh, touring, uh, showing off this young virtuoso, uh, until Adam passed away uh, when uh, Franz Liszt was 16 years old. Uh, when his father died, Franz uh, Liszt went into a deep, deep depression. Uh, he often thought of not even continuing in his musical career, and instead uh, found solace in the church and, and was thinking about becoming a priest uh, in the Catholic Church. Uh, he was uh, dissuaded uh, from that from his mother and uh, continued in a deep, dark depression, uh, took up uh, drinking, and uh, was only making money by giving piano lessons uh, to uh, other uh, pupils. Uh, this is uh, the uh, mid-1820s going into the 1830s. Uh, France is uh, going through another revolutionary period, and uh, Franz Liszt finds a home in the salons of France, uh, uh, and he is entertaining some of the great luminaries of this early 19th century France. Uh, he would be in salons with people such as Victor Hugo. Yes. Yes. Um, the uh, Chopin, uh, Alexander Dumas, yes. uh, George Sand, uh, they would all just be in the rooms playing music for each other, telling each other stories. It was a very creative environment. And eventually Franz Liszt uh, built back his uh, confidence and started uh, playing music again. Around the same time, uh, he started uh, having an affair with uh, Countess uh, Marie de 
Ajolt, I believe, is what uh, that's the best I can do uh, in my pronunciation. Uh, so uh, this uh, the Countess w- was married uh, to a count, um, but this uh, did not stop uh, Franz Liszt uh, from carrying on this affair. Uh, they had their affair for over five years. Uh, eventually, uh, she became pregnant, and they uh, ran away to Italy together. Uh, she was uh, completely uh, captivated by uh, this uh, young uh, figure. Uh, in fact, uh, she talked about the first time that she ever met the man that the only word that she could use would be apparition, <laughs> that there is something spiritual about the man. Uh, and so uh, the, uh, eventually they would, uh, uh, you know, run away to Italy uh, to have, uh, they had three children together. Uh, I have a few uh, excerpts from some letters that List wrote to Marie. Uh, at one point, List said, uh, you are not the right woman for me, but you are the woman that I want. Uh, at another time, uh, List wrote, uh, a man is not truly complete unless he has seven women in his life. <gasps> oh, no. Uh, four that want to hold me, two that want to stone me. One says she's a friend of mine. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That, 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 that was the Eagles. Uh, yeah. uh, 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 Franz Liszt said, uh, you need seven women, one for the home, one for the heart, one for the brain, one for the household, one for whims and follies, <gasps> a woman to hate, and a woman that he pursues but never catches. Ooh, he was horrible. He was a terrible cat. <laughs> terrible. Franz, how dare you? You're terrible. Uh, so uh, their relationship ended in 1838, uh, and the three children went to live with uh, Franz's mother, Anna, in Paris. And uh, Franz Liszt went on a, a, a tour, a, a grand European tour, um, very rarely, if ever, saw his children, uh, just got letters from them. Um, and he went on and really became the first rock star. Uh, there are uh, stories uh, told of, of List on tour. That, uh, it, it's an actual contemporary term called Listomania, uh, where the women hearing that List was coming into town, it's like it's like the Beatles at Shea Stadium, screaming, clawing after him. Uh, he was uh, a truly uh, a, a, a rock star. That there's uh, one story where you know he had this long hair and in uh, places like Russia, that long hair had been forbidden to have hair that long. But um, so there's something so exotic about him with his long hair. Uh, one of the concerts, he shows up, and on the stage there are two pianos, and they are facing each other, and there is one stool in between the two pianos. He appears in the concert hall. He has a white cravat. He has a medal that he has just been given by the Pope. He is carrying a sword of Hungary with him. Um and he approaches the stage, and he does not use the steps. He leaps right onto the yes, stage. that's awesome! Uh, he then takes off his white gloves, and he throws them into the audience. <laughs> and the ladies are clawing after them, breaking them up into pieces, ripping each other apart for something. It reminds me of Elvis getting the scarf and, and throwing it out into the crowd. 
he would then get in between the two pianos and he would play and and such a rushing uh, uh, music that that people had never heard people play this fast before and uh, he would go between the two pianos yes. playing and answering himself <laughs> with the two pianos uh, and this just caused a, a a furor among the these women uh, the cafes he would go into they would go in there with vials and collect his leftover coffee uh, the, the, just any article of clothing that they could rip off of him to have a piece of this uh, magnificent performer who truly hypnotized and captivated these people uh, so he went on this tour from around 1838 to 1847 in 1847, uh, Liszt was getting a bit tired of this touring rock star life. He was ready to settle down, uh, and he got an invitation uh, from uh, 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 the town of Weimar in Germany. And uh, he settled down, and uh, he chose another uh, married woman to settle down with. Uh, this was uh, the Polish princess, Caroline. Uh, and so he uh, settled down with this other already married woman uh, in, in uh, Weimar, and he kind of created a French salon in the middle of Germany. And so all of these great uh, musical composers, uh, he became friends with uh, Richard uh, Wagner and uh, many others, if you read the letters of uh, Wagner and Liszt. Uh, Wagner is always getting in trouble <laughs> and is always asking for money. And uh, Liszt was very, he was actually one of the first people to go on concert and have people pay him, uh, uh, pay tickets to go see him in concert. Yes. Uh, before this time, uh, you would go to, you perform a concert, but it was something that uh, a count or a lord was providing for all of the people. And uh, so even uh, poor people could come to these concerts sometimes uh, because they were free. Mm -hmm. uh, but Liszt figured out <laughs> or someone figured it out to where people would actually pay uh, to hear Liszt. And so he sold tickets. Yes. So that Liszt... Mars and Capricorn right there in the fifth house. That's what I'm saying. Very good at the business of show business. Yeah. And... and uh, at one point, uh, Wagner uh, wrote a, a letter. He was always getting in trouble, and he, he was saying, I think I need a new piano. Uh, write to some old widow and tell them that I should have a new piano. <laughs> and uh, Liszt did not do that at all. Uh, we don't know what happened if Wagner ever did get a new piano, but that that's not what Liszt was going to do. But it's very interesting that they would have that sort of relationship. Uh, especially because um, Wagner and other contemporaries of that time uh, were very uh, viciously uh, anti-Semitic. Mm. Uh, and what we can see is that there's no evidence to show that Franz Liszt had these same feelings about Jewish people. Mm. Uh, at one point, um, the the Grand Synagogue in Budapest uh, asked uh, Franz Liszt to play for them, and he went down there and he did. Uh, so in this time of, of the mid to late 1800s, where the, this anti-Semitism is becoming rampant, um, and Wagner is one of the ones who is most uh, 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 celebrated by uh, the eventual Nazi party for uh, his beliefs in German unification and a German identity and that being against Jewish people. But Franz Liszt, uh, did, we have no evidence to show that he shared any of those same beliefs. Good. Um, 
So uh, from 1847 to 1861, uh, he was in Weimar. Uh, he was uh, in this relationship with Princess Carolyn. Um, and uh, his uh, uh, benefactor, uh, the Countess of Weimar, uh, she passed away in 1861. And so he was kind of rushed out uh, uh, of Weimar after that. And uh, so he went to Rome. And he actually had been uh, generating this uh, great friendship uh, with Pope Pius. And uh, uh, Franz Liszt considered himself a very devout Catholic. It was something very important to him. At many times in his life, he had considered uh, leaving music behind and joining the priesthood. Mm. And uh, <laughs> him and Pope Pius were, were very good friends, and they would discuss uh, theology and philosophy. And uh, Liszt was hoping to capitalize on this friendship in getting uh, an annulment uh, of Princess Carolyn's marriage. Um, and it was about to happen. They were going to have the wedding uh, uh, the next day. And uh, the day before, the Pope got a letter from the Tsar of Russia, and it all fell apart. And uh, Princess Carolyn and uh, uh, Franz Liszt were never married. Um Princess Carolyn uh, put herself up in, a, in an apartment in Rome, uh, just steps away from the church where they were supposed to be married, and just waited there for Franz Liszt to occasionally visit. Mm. Uh, the, apparently, she, she smoked very strong cigars <laughs> and uh, wrote books about uh, the, uh, you know, the, the wrong things going on in the Catholic Church. <laughs> Uh, List uh, spent this uh, last uh, part of his life, uh, a lot of it in Rome. Uh, he had, uh, he, it, there's, uh, there's a dichotomy within List. There's the very pious uh, person who's very religious and, and would take counsel with the Pope and all the time. But then there's this bohemian, this uh, uh, yes. very creative person. And so he had two residences in Rome and he was going to the papal palace all the time and playing, but had having this other salon, a uh, sort of uh, creative uh, uh, apartment as well. Uh, and then uh, towards the latter end of his life, he would uh, go between Rome and Weimar and Budapest. And uh, he would just make these travels by train and live in three different places every year. He would just rotate between these three places. Uh, he would teach. Uh, a lot of times he would teach absolutely for free, uh, just uh, taking uh, these new pupils. And uh, a lot of times uh, Franz Liszt was even more radical than the new up-and-coming people. Um, uh, uh, he was... Uh, figuring out how to play music uh, uh what they would say without tonality uh which was uh, similar to trying to walk without gravity mm -hmm. like he he was just completely out there yes. and it, there's even a, a generation of people like Brahms who look to list and even though they're younger they say that list is way too radical with, with the way that he plays the music we need to go back to basics and to go back to beethoven and these certain things um but List uh, uh, was was a pioneer, uh, uh, and some of the things that he comes up with wouldn't really be capitalized on until well into the 20th century. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and he's also going back to Budapest, and he never uh, he he never shunned away his Hungarian side. Mm -hmm. uh, he capitalized on it. He showed that he was a a, a proud Hungarian. He was a, a son of this of these people, and that you know th this made him somewhat uh, exotic. 
uh, to lots of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he also incorporated uh, the music, uh, what they would say back then, the music of the gypsies, yes. uh, of the Romani people, uh, into what he uh, was uh, composing. And uh, he actually in fact, wrote a whole book about the music of the Romani people. And uh, uh, this people would not even recognize uh, that, you know, some these sorts of people would have their own musical culture and write entire books about it until, again, well into the 20th century. He essentially wrote one of the first works of music ethnicology Mm -hmm. um, and and really uh, felt that this was his music, too, Mm -hmm. uh, to share with everyone. And uh, the people of Hungary always have have recognized him as a national hero uh, for sharing that music with the world. Uh, And so in his older age, he went between these uh, three towns and was still very prolific with the music that he was writing and the music that he was teaching. Um, But uh, eventually uh, he did uh, pass away. Uh, and uh, his he was going to uh, his daughter had actually married uh, Richard Wagner and uh, Cosima was her name. And they uh, he, he was on his way to a Wagner tribute concert because Wagner was his friend and Wagner actually passed away before him. Uh, but he died uh, uh, shortly before that concert happened. Um so Franz Liszt uh, will, will be forever remembered for this great musical talent for uh, the concerts that he gave for the Listomania, the uh, uh, the way that he impacted especially women of, of this uh, 19th century Europe. Uh, he also serves as sort of this bridge uh, between the 18th, 19th, and 20th centuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is born in 1811, and he is taught by many of the great composers of the 17th hundreds uh, such as uh, Solieri uh, and then he completely dominates the 19th century uh, with his own form of music and then by the end of his life is creating uh, new music that wouldn't be popular or ha- would be so radical that people would shun it until well into the 1900s. Mm-hmm. Uh, He also changed the technology of music. They had to create different kinds of pianos Mm -hmm. because of the way that he played. Uh, So they had to create pianos where the hammers would hit faster Mm -hmm. uh, onto the string that you could make more notes uh, in a shorter amount of time because of the way that he was playing the piano. Uh, so uh, all uh, and and his music is not just you know something that you're going to hear on NPR. It, it's something that is in Looney Tunes as well. <laughs> uh, uh, so it, it's something that you have probably heard Franz Liszt music uh, and not even known it. Um, that is how uh, uh, prolific and and how amazing he was as a composer and as a performer. Yes, this is a wonderful chart. I'm very impressed with the fact that what we know about List and that whole rock star, that whole sex, drugs, rock and roll, bohemian, you know, and I don't believe he was not like a womanizer. He loved all of them. <laughs> he loved them. And they loved him back. And it was just like, you know, there's this thing about uh, brilliant men very smart men um there's there's a lot and and women are naturally drawn to that kind of power and he was extremely powerful but you see what i was saying about the older women 
right? And the power mm-hmm. of the partners and and to, for having him described in the way that he was described makes him very supernatural. He was like a supernatural being, you know? Right. And, and uh, I think it's way cool. I think it's very cool. So... Uh, yeah, everything in the chart shows. I was like, oh, this person is like, you know, seriously uh, talented and 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 benevolent to to the people. You know, his music was and is. You know, people are 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 sent out. You know, ethereally by his music. It's amazing. Yeah, absolutely, uh, and I think that the the I mean the chart absolutely uh, bears all that out. I think on our scale of uh, right on the money to way out in outer space, this is another one right <laughs> on the money. Yay! I did it. <laughs> uh, well, uh, this concludes another episode of History and Retrograde. I hope you all enjoyed it and uh, continue listening and uh, liking and subscribing to the show. Uh, Tell all your friends. Uh, We are available on all the social medias, uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, History and Retrograde, or uh, Retrograde Podcast on Instagram. Uh, We're also available on Gmail, uh, historyandretrograde at gmail.com. Leave us a comment. Tell us how we're doing. Give us a suggestion of someone you'd like to see on the show. And... uh, As always, in closing, uh, as long as your houses are in order and the stars are aligned, everything will be just fine. Thank you so much for listening. We love you guys. Bye-bye. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.